Greetings, salutations, and welcome to the DR Casual MTG Podcast, the show by casuals for casuals. I'm your host, Will, and I am joined tonight by a plethora of people. We have a roundtable discussion. This is our actual first official like launch party, uh, so I'm very, very excited for that. Um, you know what? Let's uh, let's get that right into UpTap so that we can get that done, and then I'll introduce these guys. So first of all, I want to take a second and recognize our rare-level patrons. That's Apollo, Jake, Levi, Bell, Muertes, Vic, Parkman, Chiva Tank, and Spencer. You know, these guys, these people help out in just so, so many ways. Uh, one thing they get right now, but we are working on this. We are going to enhance the Patreon. Um, but right now what they get is the first chance to hang with us on our Thursday Commander Craft broadcast. If you want to get in on that, just go to patreon.com slash drcasualmtg, and eventually we're going to have better levels on that, uh, which is a reminder that Commander Craft is our now Thursday show where we play listeners like you using webcams in four-person Commander. John has joined us tonight. He's our champion with Shalane which is the most fun deck to watch somebody else play. Um, but he, we're going to find two other guys to play with us for, or two other people, I should say, play with us Thursday night. Um, if you want to find out more, check out our Discord, discord.drcasualmtg.com. We also want to remind you that we are part of the geek to geek Media Network. This is a network of geeky podcasts and other type of content dedicated to promoting positivity and inclusion, as well as just showcasing some really awesome talent and great stuff. They have a ton of of great content for you there just go to geek to geekmedia.com that's g-e-e-k-t-o-g-e-e-k because now there's a few uh so check that out but we are still in untap and i am untapping tonight you know what i'll do the beer later because i think other people might have some let's kind of go around the room we have a round table tonight i wanted to do something special for the first show and we're going to do it so we are joined tonight by four uh, other hosts, listeners, they've played on Commander Craft. They've sat second chair with me since we've kind of been doing these, you know, test shows and stuff. Um, I'm very excited to introduce, first of all, Kyle. Kyle, I've been with since Legends TV Talk. Uh, one of my favorite people in the entire world. It's really great to have you here, Kyle. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, doing well. Um, and for Untap, I am drinking a Milwaukee Brewing Company outboard cream ale this is the first time i've had it so we all get it are you sure you want to drink a cream ale while we're doing an hour podcast if you need to leave we will understand all right parkman oh that's good <laughs> is that's it good? good yeah we're also joined by parkman he ca- i think he co-hosted episode two maybe three episode three right uh was it two? I th- I was I was thinking maybe two, but maybe two. It, could have been it might three. have been two. I know I did an episode alone. I'm... I don't know that I counted it, but all right. So episode two, Parkman. How are you, sir? I am wonderful, and I will be untapping a wonderful Dr Pepper. Wow, that is very good. Because wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? Moving to, let's move on to Apollo. He he co-hosted the last show we did right before the holidays, sir. How are you tonight? I'm doing well, and I am untapping a strawberry banana smoothie with a shot of orange juice. Feeling frisky tonight. That sounds incredibly too healthy for our own good. (laughs) All right, and finally, we are joined by John. John, sir, how are you? I'm feeling pretty good right now. You know, just got off work and uh, saw the notice. It was like, oh, shit, I've got a thing to do. So, you know, (laughs) right now I'm just untapping that uh, relief that I made it in time. My legs. Yes, my <laughs> shoes. I'm untapping my shoes. Keep the shoes on, dear Lord. All right. So let's talk a little bit about what we're going to do tonight. So uh, it, we're in a very cool thing. So you know what? And by the way, I am drinking a Fat Scotsman 
Scotch ale. So I thought it was appropriate given that I am a fat Irishman. But um, I want to kind of talk about a little bit here of what we're going to see tonight. So let's move into un upkeep. And I need to scroll and my mouse got lost. All right. So let's talk a little bit about what's going to happen tonight. So tonight we're going to do a little bit of a longer introduction here in a little bit. Uh, let us tell you a little bit about yourselves. Uh, and then we'll, we're going to introduce kind of the format. We have a specific format going for tonight. We've got about five or six questions, depending, maybe more, maybe less, um, that we want to kind of go about talking about things in the last year, things that we are looking forward to, magic in general. It's just going to be a broad topic of of awesome discussion. And then we'll end the show. So that's kind of where we're at. So why don't we go ahead and get into the main phase? Main phase. All right. So I've already introduced our panelists. Well, they introduced themselves. But I kind of want to give them a chance to kind of give us their bona fides, as it were, whenever we have a new host. And Kyle's new-ish. John was on a few weeks ago in Apollo. So if you want to pass or just mildly. And now we have Jake. Oh, this is fantastic. Um, we're going to kind of go through, just introduce yourselves and, and tell us a little bit of how you got into Magic, how long you've been playing. Not, you know, keep it somewhat shortness. Uh, Kyle, why don't you kick us off? Sure. Uh, I got started with Magic back uh, July 4th, uh, 2021. Um, I have been playing very seldomly. Stuff stuff in my life changed, so I wouldn't, so I couldn't get every single new card out. Um, I've been keeping up with Magic as best I can, um, but like from this point on, I think it's just Commander, Commander decks for me. I, yeah, I, I, I don't blame the, you. The amount. <laughs> It's it's expensive. I understand, but yeah, no, I'm looking I'm looking forward to 2023 and what what Wizards has. Okay, and now Jake's got his camera on. That's great, Parkman. How about you? You're muted, brother. You mute. There we go. As soon as I get the my mouse to cooperate, uh, as people may have heard heard when I was on this show a few weeks ago, uh, I. Uh, started back in 1994 the fall of uh i've been in and out of the game several times i owned a store from 06 and through 11 and uh you know i got back into it about four years ago when my son wanted to learn how to play that's fantastic sorry about my facial expression i wasn't expecting this taste like that that's a that's a hearty beer jake my brother can you speak can you hear us I think so. Is the microphone working? It is working. Uh, real quick, why don't Wonderful. you give us your uh, a small, like, you know, 30-second elevator introduction to who Jake is. And definitely pimp your podcast. <laughs> so I started playing Magic around 2012 in high school. Uh, some friends of mine played in cafeteria, and I was like, that looks fun, and I hate having money. And then fast forward, <laughs> you know, years and years and years. I actually got out of it for college, got back into it after college, because my buddy Matt, who is the co-host on our podcast, the Cantrip Cartel podcast. Oh, very good. Like, you look like you hate money. You should play Magic again. So I started <laughs> playing it. It slowly evolved from EDH into competitives. Now I play Legacy. I play Modern. Uh, I play Standard. I play them all. You play Standard? Collection. You're the one. Yeah. I On Arena. I play quite a bit oh, Standard okay. on Arena. And um, yeah, the one guy left playing. <laughs> and like I said, it eventually evolved into me and my buddy Matt starting our own podcast talking about some of the Eternal formats and some of the more competitive stuff. And like I said, that is, if you want to check us out, it's Cantrip Cartel. Pretty much everywhere. So, you know, Spotify, Google Podcasts, 
Stitcher, all that stuff. Cool. All right, Apollo, how about yourself, man? Give us a quick in- intro here. Yeah, I gave it, I started Magic the Gathering probably back in around 2016, 2017 when I was in college. Picked it up. Uh, my butt, I, I had just come off of a couple card games. Like I was playing Yu Gi Oh! for a little bit, playing uh, another JRP, J uh, card game for a little bit. And then uh, all of them died in my store. So he's like, why don't you just jump into a magic draft? And I jumped into a magic draft, uh, drafted a Nicobolus the God Pharaoh, and did not win the draft, but I did kill somebody with uh, Nicobolus. And that was now my favorite planeswalker, even though he's a villain. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. Why don't you get in on this? And of course, he's thinking to himself, (laughs) come, the first draft is free. And uh, I first got yep. in with you guys probably sometime early last spring, last last uh, winter. Uh, I jumped in. You you, you posted uh, a tournament on Facebook, and I yes. just jumped in. Yes. And then I, I I've been here ever since. Well, we're glad you're here. We could not be happier. All right, John. How about you, my brother? Uh, so I got into Magic a little earlier than that, uh, yes. around 2010. My mom dragged us around through. Uh, through Target, saw that they were uh, selling a couple of card uh, card games for cheap in their discount rack. So I grabbed a Phyrexia versus the Coalition Ooh. dual deck, played with my brother, and uh, to this day, Bant is one of my favorite colors because of Treva, the Renewer. <laughs> That's what I love about Commander. All right, that that is fantastic. So this is our panel tonight. We got five five peeps hanging with us. Very excited for that. Um, so here's how tonight is gonna go. Um, we are gonna we're gonna have a roundtable discussion. I've got like I said five or six questions. Um, we're gonna go around the table just answering them. So it's gonna start again. As I said, Jake, before you got here, I'm just going around the screen as I see it. So Kyle, J- Parkman, you, Apollo, and Bane. Um, and myself, I'll 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 probably start and then we'll take it around. Um, no, I'll just you know I'll come in second. Um, the, w- the reason we're going to do this uh, and just kind of talk about stuff. So short answer to the question initially, like give a little bit of your response, kind of show you know, kind of show us what you're thinking, um, and then we're going to have a small debate about it for maybe five ten minutes. Um, you know, uh, trying to. Uh, just wondering, asking questions. So try to give each other time to talk. If you think somebody, you know, if you want to ask a question, maybe have a pad or something ready to go to ask that question. Um, of course, conversation is conversation. So if it comes up conversationally, whatever. Um, and that's going to be it. So I kind of want to take the first question. We'll give this to Kyle. Actually, yeah, we'll start with Kyle and then question two. I'll start. Ah, that's how we do it. Ah, smart. All right. So Kyle, question yeah. number one, what? And guys, I'm doing this at the beginning because you can't not ask this question. What do you think was the biggest misstep by Wizards this year and why? <laughs> so so looking at, at it as, as someone who's, who has basically just started, that well, that $100 or $1,000 magic set <laughs> yeah. that had all the, like, the reprints. The MTG3. It's not, yeah, it's, it's not for the it's not for the casual player it's not for someone who who doesn't have doesn't have a lot of money unfortunately all um, right i i think it's great what they did but it's if if they want everyone to have access to it i don't know, do do something do something similar to it but you know for the masses okay that and I think just the amount of sets that come out during a year. You can't do two. One. One. Well, 
sorry. <laughs> you might have took somebody else's answer. Um, I'm sorry if I took someone else's yeah. answer. For me, I I'm gonna take I I'm gonna take a very broad stroke on this. I think the whole so far of the MTG30 celebration has been remarkably tone deaf, and I've said it on shows before, so I'm not gonna go terribly in depth here. Um, I think that was a misstep. I think the from the MTG30 celebration in Vegas to the MTG30, uh, you know, anniversary packs, you know, the only thing that they seem to have gotten right, and that's only because I could participate in it, given where my income level is, was I loved the MTG30 secret layer. I thought that was fantastic. The countdown, the advent calendar stuff, but I I really think that the MTG30 was a misstep. Parkman, how about you? Well, I'm going to say that I think the biggest misstep they had was, and they've been doing it for several years now, they're chasing the immediate dollar at the expense of the long-term health of the game. Yes, I agree with that. Any other uh, thoughts? Or I mean, that 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 it's really, I, I don't know that, there's anything more to say about that. I think I feel like it's pretty straightforward. You either chase the whale or you keep the game going. I agree. We're not we're we are not uh Captain Ahab here. Uh definitely. It really feels like Wizards tried to promise too much to their shareholders and their investors and through their ideas they felt okay well this will definitely draw in those final quarter numbers that we've been projecting and maybe even push us past it but they really just underestimated how much liquidity is involved with you know the casual player they're focused too much on the hardcore fans and the diehards to really just really keep catering to those of us who you know occasionally may pop in for a pre-release or show up just to have a pickup game and with st- just to see what's right. new in standard or see what fun tools have been come had they've come up with for commander right and i think they've also they're also taking uh the long term player for granted in this instance i think yeah. they they feel like hey we've got them they've they've hooked up their iv to our product and they're not gonna get off of it anytime soon Absolutely. I think that's a big mistake on their part. Well, what about you, Jake? What do you think? So my 30-minute soliloquy will start with, uh, no, I think uh, what WotC did that bugged me the most, and I think was a big big, uh, failure as an overall design philosophy, is they went way too hard in the paint on this product is not for you. If you think about all of the... Uh, blogatogs and the complaints and the discussions Mario's had with people you're dealing with a lot of this well you don't like this because it's not for you and every single product became well it's just not for you and you can't take something like magic and just keep marginalizing it down to attack a smaller and smaller and smaller well this group of people is just for this very narrow niche this is for just this very narrow niche and that's why I think you really started to see products start to fail um, we we definitely hit an overload of critical mass for just you know cards in general, like people have said, which I think is very true. And the other part of that is we just look, we're not making it for you too much. Yeah. Magic needs to be a little broader for everybody. 
and they kind of they tried to go too narrow this year, way way too narrow. I'm with you on that. Yeah, and I, th- I, and I think that uh, getting back to Kyle's point, the M thir- the thirtieth anniversary, who is it for? Because if you're a whale, the pack's not for you because you want to buy the original. I think there's a definite middle ground between the dude who wants to be a whale but can't blow thirty grand or fifty grand on a black lotus. Right. Um, I uh, you're not you're not wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong at all. But I, I see the whale they were attacking here for um, a little, you know, the chasing those collectibles. And so, a, a great example, a great comparison. Think about the the neon Hidetsugus. That card is, for all intents and purposes, unplayable. I mean, it's an okay card at best, yeah. Commander. But everybody and they're selling it. for five hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars, depending on thousands, depending on what colors you're looking for. And that's a it, these cards are are very similar in my mind where a lot of them will sell for thousands and thousands of dollars. They are for all intents and purposes unplayable, but they attack the and attack is a, is a strong word. They go after the people that have a lot of money and want to collect and right. they're very collectible, not playable. Well, let's, let's ask Apollo. Apollo, what do you think was the biggest misstep this year? Uh, the biggest misstep I think was failing to recognize that there was a problem so going into the last quarter of 2020 2022 you know there's a lot of media coverage saying how like even the bank of america came out like there is clear decline in hasbro stock showing that their product line is failing and instead of recognizing that they were failing that and and you know bringing up some sort of action plan or whatnot all you get is a one-liner on a stream oh we're we're going to continue what we're doing for next year. There's no, there's, there's no change in the schedule. Right. <laughs> and John, what about you? <laughs> was a... You, you, you kind of hopped in, but do you have anything else or do we want to open the floor up a little? I mean, my point was more or less what Park was touching on. The issue more or less is that <clears throat> Wizards promised a lot to Hasbro. They're trying too hard to turn, they're trying too hard to get money out of the casuals and the tryhards just to fund these other projects, not realizing that, you know, by only focusing on where the big money is, you're going to lose out on the smaller revenue that comes from the casual player. Exactly. And it sort of just squeezes us out by saying this product is not for you. We understand that it's for your piggy banks, but at the same time, you got to ask at what point do they matter more than the majority of people you want to try to bring into magic? Yeah. And they're falling into that back same trap that they had years ago that they claim they've addressed now by taking advantage of the commander people. They said they, they overlooked the casual player. Well, they're doing it again. So I mean, between, Oh, go ahead. Oh no. I was going to jump in on a bit of a tangent. So by all means, finish the thought on this. I mean, between them trying to push one D and D as a new VTT platform the arena still trying to monetize that to the umpteenth degree mm-hmm. and it's all these little pieces that unfortunately they're trying to squeeze into a box and sell it for way more than it's worth mm-hmm. so i was gonna jump in because we were talking about you know just the way like they've been like the way they've been attacking audiences and the way they've been you know like neglecting casual players or over stimulating whales i was gonna jump in that as a very competitive player 
which is my primary way to engage with magic. Um, I love playing EDH, but I much prefer to play legacy to play modern a little bit of standard on arena when I can. Like I, like I, I don't buy cards anymore because um, standard isn't too bad. They've done okay with that recently, but modern and legacy, especially they got so gutted with this new product design with fire design and what went came forward and, and the way, the way they pushed these crazy powerful cards for the extra formats. I don't keep up with my legacy deck anymore. And that should say something. I, I'll tell you what I sold my dual lands. Why wow. not? out? I'm not totally out. I have one dual land for the deck, but I, I sold two of my dual lands. I kind of, I'm kind of walking away from playing paper non-proxy legacy a little bit because uh, it just doesn't interest me as much. The the format has been trashed for a long time. Watsi shows no interest in repairing it. I, I get this is a very niche area, especially legacy. We're talking niche, niche, niche. But like, I'm not excited for new sets to buy cards from my legacy deck. I love playing blue-white control, and I used to buy all the cards that would be good in blue-white control. I haven't bought cards in months, man. I, yeah. My deck is so just, just scattered and destroyed. And Well, it it's funny that you mentioned that because it is something that they don't discuss is that having so much focus on on the whales and stuff like that, they're losing the competitive nature of the game. I mean, they don't go for – they're not really going for uh, pro tours anymore or anything like that. It's like they've removed – and I, we should have seen this coming. I think you know it's been discussed before on this show and its former show is that you know Wizards doesn't Hasbro Wizards I don't know who doesn't really care anymore about the competitive scene. You know they they've kind of you know washed their hands of it and they're looking for ways to make money of it. Yeah, they care about it as much as they can milk money out of it. Right, which is incredibly evident for Modern Horizons and Modern Horizons Two. Well, that's Cards just it. That- they introduce rotation. It's and introduced rotation into rotation eternal formats. Oh, in these eternal formats. <laughs> yes, exactly that. So you've got, you know, a lot of people played modern for five, six years. Their deck the was same okay deck. or tier, and it was fine. And now with modern, if you're not playing modern horizons two, we talk about it every week. Yeah, like the top five creatures are all modern horizons two creatures. If you're not playing MH two, you're not playing modern, probably as good as you could. Right, but you you also have to be able to afford to play you know it's it's a sad state and you know i almost want to change my answer to introducing rotation but they did that last year i mean and i don't think that's going away anytime soon um you know what about you kyle you had any other thoughts on no i mean no no no. i was making sure i wasn't muted too (laughs) (laughs) um the my, my whole second thing about them having too many sets um, I know expansions are there to keep the game alive, but you also have to figure that. I mean, it could be, it could be a lot to the standard to the standard player being like, "Oh, I just got, I just got all these cards." Now, two months later, there's another set out, and now you have to go back and get all those other cards. It's it's it, it's it's hard to keep track of everything. And like for Kamigawa, I was. I was really excited for Kamigawa. I'm like, oh, okay, this is th- this is a set I'm gonna try and get a whole lot for, and then it's like, oh, there's another set already. Yep. Well, Great. in the vein of these, all these new sets, who remembers how cool spoiler season was? Oh yeah. And now it's it's when have we we had we've been in spoiler season for a year and a half. Two you years. yeah, and you and I have a unique perspective being content creators. Okay, it's really tough for us because we can't have these type of discussions. 
with, you know, right now it's the quiet time of spoilers. But it's going to ramp up in a couple of weeks with... Uh, I mean, is it the quiet time? Yeah, we had not. Elish Norn get spoiled what a week ago. Yeah, but that two months. It was Didn't about three weeks ago, right before the holidays. But and but was it's it going to kick into because it, okay, it's going to kick into high gear. I remember Twitter was blowing up. Yeah, because well, we had we got Phyrexia spoilers. That just did. But it's going to kick into high gear with Phyrexia going forward. Isn't week. that a good thing to get the buzz going for these sets? I know I just said that there are there is a lot of sets, but it is <clears> good <throat> to get that kind of buzz out there. Yes, I think no. it. I think it was because it was yeah. special. It was. This is we we, we turned. Um, I'll, I'll let you peek into my life. Uh, I love going to Texas Roadhouse. It's one of my favorite little. <laughs> spend a little extra money on dinner. If we go to Texas Roadhouse three times a week, it's not special anymore. Mm-hmm. I get with that. And I think that's what it was. Spoiler season. Spoiler season was hitting. Te- was was let's go have a nice dinner once in a blue moon, and it's awesome. And now it's you know we do it all the time. It's the same food. It's the same stuff. It's not special anymore. Show of hands, who all here played in a pre-release where they had no idea any of the cards going in? Oh, hold on. Yeah, <laughs> I think I've done that at least once. Well, in the 90s especially, that used to be how it was. You you might get one card. Like, because uh, uh, what was the name of the magazine there? Uh, Insight. Insight might have had like one. Inquest. Inquest, that's it. They would have had like mm-hmm. one card that they would have previewed. But you would you'd be rolling in and not having any clue about oh yeah and it was fantastic and it was what you kind of wanted to see you know I and do nowadays miss those you've days. got oh, yeah good. I say nowadays you've got like limited resources you have a full set release a week before pre release yep. or a full set review and a draft mm-hmm. guide where they've been they've been pseudo drafting off of uh, websites for for weeks already yep. I mean, I like what Wizards is doing, and I guess let's pivot to that because, I mean, that's going to be my answer. Um, you know, question number two, you know, we've talked about the negative. We kind of kicked them while they're down. What do you think Wizards did this year that was good for the game or the community? I'm not going to take the easy answer. I'm going to take one that's a little bit um, obscure. I really like that they fixed the whole we're going to release on Arena before we give it to the LGS. Um, that always bothered me. Um, now they've moved away from pre-releases. Let's be honest. We 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 called that a year ago. They're moving away from pre-releases. Pre-release is no longer a thing. They're selling everything the day of pre-release. You can get mm-hmm. boosters <laughs> and boxes and everything. All right, great. Now mm-hmm. they're not doing that in the. And I love the biggest part of what I love about this is, and why they say they still have a pre-release is that pre-release is still only store specific. It's only LGS specific. You can't go to like Walmart. And get mm-hmm. a box of Phyrexia All Will Be One. You still have to go to the game store. I think that's fantastic what Wizards did. I think it was stupid if they didn't. But I, I think it was really, really great. I like the fact that they kind of backed off Arena as far as that goes. Because it really did impact the the bottom line, I think, of LGSs. It definitely made pre-release less, less fun. I mean, yes, it's figured out. But... It's not as figured out as if you've been playing it for four days on Arena for 12 hours. So some guy walks in and knows how to, you know, yeah. put that deck together. What about I'm you, Parson? Sure what do you think this year? I was going to say, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure that they actually have fully finished, fixed that. Because I think they're going back to it, again, back to Arena being first for Phyrexia. I again. thought they weren't releasing that until the day of the pre-release. I, I was, uh, I, I, I will gladly be wrong, but I, I was thinking that they did arena first again, but my, I, I think I've heard that as well, that, um, 
because I remember I was ecstatic when I heard that pre-release was a card shop thing again. And I was like, way to actually care about your LGS a little bit, Watsy. No, no. And I believe I heard them dial it back. Pre-release, February 3rd through 9th. twenty or Well, I think it's been pushed to the 10th. Um, sure. Digital release, February 7th. Uh, actually, no, it's saying 3rd through 9th is pre-release. Hold on. So, yeah, I think it got moved. I think it got moved. They moved, yeah, because it got moved a week. So pre-release is 3rd through 9th, February. So a month from today. Um, digital release is the, February what, 7th. So, yeah, they're so holding it. They're still giving the they're still giving the LGS three or four days ahead of schedule. Okay. I'm mm-hmm. I'm pleased with that. Me Absolutely. too. It's a big win. That they That's a very have good to do decision. That. So But my uh my big thing that Wizards did this year, and this might be controversial, especially coming from me, a person who doesn't play command. Save your hot take. We have a hot take question. It's, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> hot take is still there. All right, good. But uh, the command, the 40k commander decks. Interesting. Mm. It, because if you're wanting to draw in that casual person that is already inclined to gaming, yeah, I, I think the cross promotion is a good thing for, from their from their perspective, not necessarily from all of ours, but I think it's a, it's a good thing to draw more people, to help draw poor, more people in. I think okay. you're just wrong. And then I, no, <laughs> That'll just... be the debate section. Jake, what about you? What's your positive? <laughs> no. uh, so I would tell you, what, I have a positive that is absolutely a hot take and I will save it till the end. Save um, it to the hot take question, but so you don't have anything now. No, I do. Um, okay. I believe it was this year. I think it was. Oh, it might have been last year. They all kind of blend together. Can someone remind me? Was it this year that Watsi committed to putting uh, in uh, unique uh, Universe Beyond cards on the list? Yes. This year. Well, that they started it this year is... with the uh, they they put the Stranger yeah. Things. Stranger Things. Yes. In the they put Stranger Things, decks. and they said, "Listen, we're going to put these." Uh, it was so... Stranger Things into Nukapana. 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 Not sure. Kamigawa. Sorry. Um, but they came out and they said, look, we recognize that people are very upset about uh, these unique cards and secret layers, how this is very FOMO-ish. It's a second reserve list. And we are going to solve it by one, putting them in uh, set boosters on the list, and two, at a relatively high drop rate. Which they did. Uh, that was a large... That, yes, they did. That's yeah. They uh, Matt and I were very, very against Universes Beyond. I don't like the unique cards in FOMO secret layers. And they solved that. That, that answered a lot of our complaints where um, we were relatively okay with the Godzilla-style skins, kind of reskinning a card for something yeah. else. This is that in reverse, but basically the same thing, and I'm I'm pretty okay with it. We basically have altars now. And my my Transformer secret lair will be here next week. There you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with Watsi-sanctioned altars. I'm, I'm, I'm relatively strongly against unique Universes Beyond cards that are only available in secret lairs. All right. How about you, Apollo? What do you got? Positive. Uh, well, my, my, my positive thing was uh, hijacked a little bit. Uh, give me a pass while I think of a new one. Okay. Well, I mean, you can, <laughs> you can, we can have multiples. I mean, we thought that would happen. Uh, you can yeah, agree so, with me. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, so my, my, uh, my good thing, uh, actually something that I really enjoyed, uh, I'll go, uh, it's not that much of a hot take. I did enjoy the Universes Beyond Warhammer set as not necessarily a fan of Warhammer, uh, I think it would. It's actually a great outro to it. So I actually want to get into Warhammer. Oh no, you don't. don't have... no, no, you do not. No, no, no. no. run away. Uh, you, you also you... hate money, sir. <laughs> <laughs> if you think you hate money now, just wait. Just wait. Can just I interest wait. you in Legacy. If you want to play Warhammer, 
will not do the cheaper alternative. <laughs> no, no, or cheaper uh, alternatives, or, like crack cocaine. <laughs> I'm interested in the concept of getting into, Legend- <laughs> into Warhammer. I am not interested in actively purchasing Warhammer product. Yeah. Uh, the uh, but, but I liked it like that. I did like the unique cards. I did like a lot of the flavor. I thought there was a lot of flavor wins. Um... That was pretty much my good thing. Okay. Um, what I, like a second half good thing was probably Explorer on Arena. I I actually mm. am slightly interested in the Pioneer. Yeah. Uh, format, but I'm not completely satisfied with Explorer at the moment because it does not include all of the meta that's in Pioneer. Right. And I think it's going to take a while for that to happen. Yeah, it's going to take a years. Uh, what about you, Johnny? Awesome. Play Pioneer. Oh. <laughs> so this is going to sound a little weird, but. One of the things that I think that Wizards was doing right is including art cards into the packages. Okay. I agree. It really helps to showcase the artists behind, mm-hmm. that they hire. Really helps to, like, broaden uh, another... It's another aspect of, of, like, showing how much Wizards puts their thought and care into their product. Not oh. necessarily so much about the people buying the product, but, you know, right. the people they hire for the product to put these images onto paper to help like explore these scenes and ideas that come from these cards. I agree. Yeah. I have to very I mean, much agree. And, yeah. And you know, it also helps that a couple of them are like flavored. For example, the D and D set uh Battle for Baldur's Gate, you flipped it over, you had uh, monster stats yeah. straight from the yeah. book. Yeah, I don't know to speak for you guys, but I'll put up the idea that a big reason I play magic and I collect magic is I love the art. I'm not, I don't necessarily have uh, uh, a paintings from a reputable known artist, but I have magic art on my wall. I, right. It's We're a, looking right, it's, back. I love looking right behind you. <laughs> Cotty with a body. Uh, I love magic art. And so when they kind of really one endorsed the artists a lot more by giving those art cards out to and one pushed the beautiful art of magic by giving those art right. cards out. It was a huge win. It was a great thing to do because the art of magic is a big part of why I like magic. All right. What about you, Kyle? What I do you think? A, I have a, I have a quick question. Okay. Would you Point. buy an art book of just the card art? Coffee table yeah, style. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That, that please yeah. take my money. <laughs> like I'd why? probably put it up on this shelf right next to me. No, why I would that hasn't been done yet. I would. I think they did a few yeah, years they ago. Did. Okay. I would actually they, they only buy it if it was AI. So often. <laughs> the problem yeah. with that is, uh, well, it would be cool. I mean, like I'm, I'm a little picky on the art I like. Yeah. And I'm not. I mean, like every set has tons of cards I like. But yeah. I was thinking, if you were to go into like New Capena and grab like fifty cards. I'd probably end up liking two or three of them. So I might not buy that book. And the, right. and the way that you could, you know, you can't have it where I can a la carte the 50 parts I want for mine. But I That'd personally. That'd be a hard product to sell me. But in premise, the idea if I could yeah. put my favorite or even like half of them, the beautiful art that I love. Oh, I'd take my money. Yes. I, I, have a, I have a box, deck box full with art cards in it because I'm really starting to think about how I'm going to put together like a frame and just in my room have a, you know, a framed thing of that. So. Uh, Kyle, what about you? Any any good thoughts for the year? Uh, the good thoughts, I mean, it's it's already been said, but I that's yeah. the only real th- good thing that I could think of was like the the secret layer like subsets like or the mainstream sets like Warhammer and Transformers and I guess uh, yeah and Stranger Things. Uh, I couldn't get my hands on any of those, but I think they're great. They look great, um, and I have a 
I have an answer for stuff that's coming up. All right. But but yeah, it's it's those subsets that I do like. Like with the Ikoria with Godzilla, I'm I'm all for that. Um yeah, right. no, I'm if the the only bad thing about the Warhammer stuff is that they were a little bit a little bit expensive for a for a standard commander deck. It was ridiculous a bit with that. Mm-hmm. I will give you that. And but that, I mean, I love the fact like that they're, they're still they're still printing them. Like I just They are still printing them. I today I walked into a Walmart today and they had it. Yep. And I'm like, I, oh, that's great. I picked up my but fourth my LGS one. LGS doesn't have it. Yeah. I picked up my fourth one, so now I have all four. Um all right, so let's do this. Let me real quick, we're gonna pause for a quick commercial message. We'll come back with question number three. How are you guys feeling about that? Unless anybody's got any more discussion here. All right. Uh, I mean uh, the only thing I was go ahead. Go ahead, Johnny. Uh, I or Apollo, sorry. <laughs> uh, just to add on to the art uh, card point, I very much love the art cards so much. I, I would rather use those as proxies rather than any other thing. Like I like in a, several of my decks now, like the ancient, ancient copper dragon art card. I have I got a signed art card version of that versus actually getting the card. And damn right, I'm gonna put that right in my deck and use it as a proxy. Absolutely. Uh, I actually have the I have the uh, set uh, the set art art card for it as well. Nice. You know, that'd be kind of cool too. Just throw that sideways. Boom. Mm-hmm. All right. I will be, let's uh let's do this real quick commercial. Parkman can't complain because he's on the podcast tonight. So we'll be right back after this. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek to Geek Media Network, a community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like video games, Star Wars, comics, movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time, and we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. Mainface. Parkman, Jesus, and Johnny pulls up visual aids. I mean, damn it! All right, and I knew I wasn't going to get a whole episode with. Oh no, damn it's alone. All right, so let's do this. Let's get to question number three. This is kind of the one I've been most excited for. Uh, again, let's try to keep this to where we make our responses, write down anything we kind of want to talk to somebody about. I want everybody to make sure they get some time on the hot take. So we're going to start this one off with Parkman, since I started the last one. Parkman. What is your hottest take? Well, Will, actually, you and I kind of discussed this on the episode that I was on with you, and it, I can't think of anything hotter. Th- okay, moving on. Uh, Jake, no. <laughs> no, but I'd, I'd love to hear what any of the no. other guys Go ahead. What's your... <laughs> say about the, uh, the thought that we need a pack aimed at the competitive players, and I don't think that the set booster is it because okay. of all the ancillary cards that are included in it yeah that is something we absolutely should talk about everybody write that for an opinion uh, jake what about you so my hot take is let me preface this with i think legacy is the best form of competitive magic when it's good uh when the format is decent i think legacy is the good as, as good as it gets price excluded 
Magic 30, the Magic 30 packs, is the absolute best thing Watsy has done in 10 years to make Legacy affordable. Right. That's interesting. But yep. it's $1,000 for a pa- for four packs. How is that affordable? I'll tell you why. All right, we're going to get into this. Let <laughs> me tell you why. Magic 30 is without a doubt the biggest step Watsy has taken in more than 10 years to abolishing the reserve list. Ooh. Without a doubt. That's a hot take. We have we have Morrow on record saying we will not print reserve list art on traditional sized cards. Yes. We have Watsy on record saying we will not discuss printing reserve list cards. Watsy just printed reserve list cards. You know what? They're not tournament legal. But this is the closest we've seen Watsy come in a very long time to printing reserve list cards. We went from Watsy won't even talk about it. They won't talk about why they won't talk about the reserve list to don't get me wrong. It's a bullcrap pack and you shouldn't buy it. It's terrible. <coughs> but they printed reserve list art on traditional size cards. Okay. What about you, Apollo? What do you think? How does take? Hottest take? Um, I mean, not necessarily much as a hottest take as a probably a blatant point. Uh, Magic Arena, I feel, is just criminally underfunded. Really? <laughs> in in, respect, in 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 the in the respect of I have mobile games and other games that I play that have bi weekly updates that release new content bi weekly. They could be adding post content continuously to Magic Arena and just backfilling it continuously on a regular update schedule and there's no regular update schedule for magic arena like when is the next explorer coming out i have no idea interesting johnny what about you uh so um see my hot take was not necessarily directed at wizards itself but uh it's kind of the uh ancillary point of apollos um i think I really think that we're putting too, they're putting too much funding into these digital playscapes. Okay. I can't disagree with that. It's so much they're trying to reach and they're trying to put their hands into so many different pies that at what point are they going to realize that if they aren't going to stick with what they're doing and they're going to try to keep doing it while they're trying something new while also trying something else new, while also trying something else new, at what point are they going to realize that the house of cards is going to fall? No pun intended. Mm. Kyle, what about you? I don't know if this is a hot take, but it's just something that that just came up when talking about Arena. Um, Like with Pokemon TCG, I don't play it, but I've seen enough videos on it. Each each pack comes with a code that you can... Mm-hmm. enter online and you can get a pack to play on their on their game have met have have watsy implement that into arena gets more people into arena and gets more cards uh for that game from these people i don't i'm not might not be a hot take but that's something that i would love to see they do do that with some of their products some. with some of them with pre very few with pre-release and promo cards they right. do but not, a, but uh, not yeah but at the same time it's like at that point they're just telling you choose which one you like best and go with that right no they're also they're they're telling you hey spend $500 on this mobile game and you can get every card you want 
it's an exaggeration but but there are, that also is then going against their predatory exactly. uh, nature of arena mm-hmm. the idea of forcing you to buy these cards multiple times i mean up to three mm-hmm. if you want to play an mtgo which i i think is a wonderful format if you can if you can get used to the way it works yeah it's a wonderful way to play shitty. magic or terrible it's not <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> uh it's 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 not i politely but firmly disagree that's my hot uh, take those cards mtgo interface is terrible no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh that's not a hot take oh there's I plenty know, everybody agrees um magic uh, you know, xl and, right basically <laughs> has anyone played arena or uh, mtgo in the last like five years it's gotten a couple big face lists i i've played it and it every time i've lost it's because i didn't know what i was doing with it um, gotcha. So I'm, because you because you didn't take the time to learn how to play your deck, you lost. Okay. No, I didn't learn how to play their stupid thing because it doesn't. It's not intuitive. All right, my my hot take. Um, I really feel that for wizards to continue succeeding, for wizards to be successful, that two things have to happen. Number one, as we said, the reserve list has to go. That's not a hot take. I, I think a lot of people feel that that's important. Um, but the other big thing is that Wizards needs to, for Wizards to succeed, they need to fail. I really believe that at this point. They need to have the worst year on record. They need to start laying people off like Morrow, the head of, you know, the head of their CEO, Maybe not. You can't get rid of the CEO of Hasbro, but CEO of Wizards and things of that nature. They have completely, you know, because they have chased the whales, which is what you know Parkman was saying earlier. By chasing the whales the way they have, they have they have left the quote unquote Walmart mindset, which is how Walmart came into business. Was they priced everything so cheap because they knew everybody would buy it. They were like, you know what? We'll take less of a profit on this because so many people are going to buy it. Had they made the MTG30 packs $15 even and able to get anywhere else all year round like they are with the the Warhammers, they would have sold a billion dollars worth. But because they got so over greedy, and that's the leadership problem. So I think for Wizards to really succeed long term, they have to fail. And that's my hot take. So discuss. I know Jake's got a few thoughts. I know... So, open floor. Um, one of the things that I'd like to point out with what you just said, it could be that they had that discussion about, uh, like they said, like they didn't want to put set art uh, from the reserve list onto play onto, you know, freaking car that size. Right. And it could be that this was their concession. It, it not so much a way of fishing for whales, so much as making sure that these were so out of reach from the casual players that it so, essentially caused it to become a nothing more than a glorified proxy that was officially licensed. So that's possible. But I will tell what I will tell you is that in my opinion, my experience with Wizards of the Coast is yes. if you pay attention to what they do. Um, they trial run a lot of things before they do it. Right. And I'll give you the most recent example that I can think of. Uh, do you remember many moons ago when they came out with a special event where they retuned Oko on Arena? Yes. And several other cards. Yeah, it was. It no, was because they out. don't play Arena. That's fair. That's reasonable. Yeah, I do reasonable. remember that. I do remember that. that we talked about it. It, was a, 
That led into alchemy. Exactly. That led about almost six months later, I think, into an entire format around rebalanced and online designed cards. It was absolutely an event to trial run it. And I'll say this right now. I'll jump. The Double Masters boost, the Double Master Collector set there, the the one pack for $100, that was their trial for this. I fully believe that. You know, what was it, 20 cards for $100? I, that that's yep. what this screams like because it hyper was hyper premium, hyper valuable cards. It was hyper and it was successful. You couldn't find them, so yeah, you're not wrong. That is exactly what Wizards does. But I'll so jump in. I'll yeah, jump ahead, in Johnny. on this about uh, going back to Apollo's comment about Arena not getting enough uh, content. My my worry is that if they if you at some point they're going to run out of old cards to print. In which case, in order to make more content, they're going to have to put more into alchemy, which no one likes. Eventually. Yeah. Um, I think that is, while it is a true statement, I think you are 10 years in the future. And I'll be surprised if Watsi is thinking more than two or three. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want so, it. I think one of the other that. issues that leads to. Hold up. Hold up. Johnny. Arena Apollo's going to hop in. Oh, sorry. Hold up. Go on. Go on. Yeah. So I was. Uh, I was going to hop in on that. Uh, I, when you, To comment on your Park Mania, I was not considering that with Alchemy in mind. I absolutely hate Alchemy. I don't like any of the cards, and I would rather just play with old cards than play with Alchemy. <laughs> um, that's one of the reasons why I, I, I'm, I, I feel like there should just be regular historical updates. And after you, I feel like you've hit that critical mass of historical updates, I mean, at that point, we're just at standard now, right? We're just getting, we're just getting the normal card flow. Right. What do you think, Johnny? All right. Um, so one of the issues that I think leads to Arena feeling underfunded because of that is ultimately because of server space. Okay. Like, you want to make sure you make money off of this, but at the end, they're still counting. They're still got to be pinching pennies wherever, left and right wherever they can, especially in a digital space like this. Because you can print them ad infinitum, but you've also got to make sure that you've got enough space to store each of those, like, you got to make sure that you've got enough resources that you don't end up collapsing it again like everybody is so fond of doing when they print infinite copies of tokens. Right. Well, that's not so and... much server server as it is uh as it is local stuff here that actually that's what causes your thing to crash is that you were, it is really going to be very hard for them to overwhelm these servers. Speaking mm-hmm. cuz I but work in it... IT, uh, it's a database. I think the whole problem with the rules, and that's the thing I would disagree with, Apollo, is that the database is the problem. The fact that they have to code these cards in. Now, once they code a certain subset in, like if you code Forest Walk, well, now we open up Forest Walk for everything. It, But it's the matter of trying to get it all to work inside the thing. And they don't do enough testing and they don't do enough beta testing to keep it stable the minute they introduce something like that something else breaks and that's a problem you're not wrong go ahead apollo yeah and that's what i mean by it's criminally underfunded they probably have only one two teams top working on arena there's not enough people specifically working on arena uh to make arena a functioning game well i I feel like it's not a functioning game i think it's very fragile i think they built it badly and i think it's fragile i don't disagree Mm -hmm. What about you, Jake? You look like you have something you want to say. Um, I was <laughs> going to jump in with a. We're, we're talking about the stability of Magic uh, on Arena and and the 
probably the poor quality of its coding. Uh, and I would like to reference, it was an article I read, and I believe what it was from is uh, there are several organizations that scrub data from Arena. Right. Uh, card ID. So things like 17 lands where they're using uh, like the individual card IDs that Arena is using to identify what decks are and basically gather data passively in the background. And um, I think, I don't remember who was posted, but what got posted was there was an issue with a specific swamp coming into play and doing something weird, right? Right. And what it led the internet to kind of hypothesize is that since this is the only swamp causing issues, do they code each individual swamp separately? Because if swamps cause issues, then swamp, if every, if you think about how every swamp is essentially the identical card with an additional text on there for art, which should be minimum just to, just to locate a file ID. You're not wrong. Then why is it this one swamp caused a lot of problems unless swamps have unique IDs in some capacity? Well, they would because of the art, but yeah. Well, shouldn't they? Well, I'm not a coder, so. Right. But in my mind, wouldn't you code a swamp and then have it pull for that swamp a unique, uh, a, a, like one unique um, ID for the art? No, each one would, each swamp has to have a unique ID because you have to have 60 so cards each, in your so, deck. Yeah. So each individual, well, I'm like each individual art of swamp. Right. But that should yeah. still end up being a cut and paste in that, yes. at that point. And so, we were talking about like why, you know, if, if one swamp causes these problems and it, we were the internet was going crazy about like if they're coding no maybe no wonder it takes them so long to get this stuff up but they have to code each individual swamp each individual planes every single art they put on there like yeah. on top of making the system harder to run um that's what we thought but we weren't but we're also not code junkies so what about you Kyle wrong. you got anything he's me I unfortunately don't I don't. <laughs> well, I, that's why you're here. You're the am, newer. Am, you're the newest player. Like you yeah, just I'm, started. So the I don't. I don't have many hot takes as everyone else. I I see. I see everyone complain about everything, like with arena and with just how many sets there are. But that's that's it. I I'm not. I'm not a legacy player. I'm not a pioneer player or explorer. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm is. Is there a complaint we've had that you listen to it and go, I think that's just dumb to complain about that. Right. And you could say not in a rude way. You're not going to make me mad. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I honestly don't. I, I see the problems with arena. I see that it, it does. It, it is probably, it's probably the worst thing magic has brought out. I haven't played MTGO, so I don't know how that is. Um, and I know spell table is owned by, um Watsy. And that could use some that could use an overhaul. That the like with the cards not seeing like you click on the card and it doesn't register right away. I, that's it's just minor things that right. could happen. But but that it's I guess <laughs> I guess arena's the biggest thing. And I don't I don't play it enough to to really like hound on it, I guess. All right, well, I, I've start. only I've only played it when we done when we did uh, giveaways and everyone everyone here knows how well I did that. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's go ahead and then pivot off of that. Then let's get to the next question here because we're we're at about an hour. We're gonna go a little over, obviously. Um, I really want to do this. Like, what show besides obviously DR Casual do you guys feel is making great content for Magic? And I'll start with Jake because it's your question. Uh, do you know of any 
content creators out there that are making good content Ooh-wee. for Magic that are not my Man, show. Yeah, there is a show uh, that I very much enjoy listening to. It's MTG Goldfish. It is, we know, and it is called. <laughs> uh, I actually, I have several podcasts I listen to. Right. Um, if I had to pick one that I like the most, it would probably be um, Eternal Glory, the Eternal Glory podcast. Interesting. Never so, heard of it. Uh, it's not mine. I do listen to my podcast a lot, but it's mostly editing. Yeah. Um, I if I, I'm going to pick one other than mine. And the Eternal Glory podcast is a wonderful podcast. Uh, it's for spikes. It's for people that are looking to eke out every bit of advantage out of a competitive game of Magic. It is focused on legacy. They do hit on Popper quite a bit. But um, they regularly will have shows discussing for an hour the fundamentals of assessing a board state or building oh, wow. a mana base, um, talking okay. about chasing down lines and how you should think about the numbers. Uh, it's head up. It's headed up by Brian Cook, Phil Gallagher, and Brian Koval. Brian Koval. Uh, they're all content creators on YouTube. They're all semi-professional players. They've all done pro tour work. They're all very well known, and I like listening to their. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I think they're idiots, but very well informed uh, and very well thought out discussions. Sweet. How about you, Apollo? Um, you know, before the one of the things I recently started, but before last year, I probably hadn't watched him more than once or twice. But after all of this Magic Thirtieth stuff and the, the whole debacle i actually started watching alpha investments a lot more and yeah just just because i like hearing him rant it's funny folks um <laughs> folks um also uh i i i also do like uh me being mostly primarily a commander player i very much just enjoy watching the command zone it's just an ent- entertaining show it is i i don't disagree how about you johnny um well, uh, w- there's a couple that I can name. Uh, not so much up-and-comers, but uh, a couple of folks who have established themselves pretty well. Uh, the first is uh, a sort of uh, CEDH uh, channel by the name of I Hate Your Deck. <laughs> because we've all been there before. Yes. And, uh, you know, they've, they're just a bunch of... They're just a bunch of knuckleheads who just enjoy playing high level met uh, high level commander and just causing problems for each other. Yes, very cool. Uh, but awesome. uh, yeah, I've re- I would really recommend it. Occasionally, they've got some guests, such as uh, uh, the professor from Tolarian Academy, and uh, I think they also had Post Malone a couple times. They did. Yeah, um, but uh, if and low as I am to promote it. Arena is more your style. I would probably recommend uh, MTG Nerd Girl. You know, yes. she's really knowledgeable about the format. She's been playing Magic for God knows how long now, and she's not. She's you know very interactive. Very much <laughs> goes into uh, yes. some of the uh, some of the. But very, she wears uh, clothes. She's not one of these ones playing in her bikini, guys. Like mm-hmm. let's put yeah, that because yeah. I I that bothers me. Like when I see that, I'm like you know. <laughs> I know what you're doing. She, she just started her her own like commander uh, video podcast too. Yeah. Oh, I had no clue. I was mostly just I've been on and off on the channel myself, but you know, I really enjoy 
the way she talks through some of her strategies when she's building or drafting. Right. You know, just so that I get a better understanding of how it's supposed to go. Because uh, let's face it, out of all of you, I probably am the dirtiest, rottenest casual. Yes. Nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Chilling. I'd like to interject. Yes. Because you, you reminded you'd reminded me of another channel I started watching too. It was uh, sort of a break off channel from uh, I Hate Your Deck. I also really enjoy tabletop jocks. I think they're a very great community of players, <laughs> and yeah. I, I just enjoy watching their nonsense. What about you, Kyle? Um, Elder Dragon, Elder Dragon, Elder Dragon, Dragon Hijinks. Wow. Yeah, I'm <laughs> uh, run by. I can tell Elias. you like him a lot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> run by alias v and olivia Hicks. Yes. um they it's i really enjoy those episodes they're funny they're not like they're not competitive really they're it's they're just there for fun and that's what i really look forward that's what i really look forward to um that the command zone and then um just the, a youtuber that just does unboxings um is um oh my god Bad boy, bad boy. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I feel like the competitive scene is slightly underrepresented in this round table. You, you got to understand <laughs> something, Jake. We could talk about that, but the the truth is, we are no. kind of where Matt. Well, I think this is where Magic wants us to be. It was like, like here's they're what's funny. Yeah, with there being one person here that actually plays competitive, it's probably overrepresented as a percentage yeah. of the whole of the Magic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this um, for me. I, I, you know, obviously there's the big ones, the MTG Goldfish Reverse podcast, go and Tolarian Community College with the professor. Um, there, you know, I watch those when the when the professor puts a video up. I watch it. He's he's earned my watch. He's earned my vote. I, I'm a patron of you know the Commander Zone, Command Zone podcast, but uh, or you know the patron uh, video. But for me, yeah, Bad Boy Gaming was going to be one I thought I could get away with. And Alpha Investments, yeah, he's kind of... He was hard to take in the beginning. But especially with this MTG30 stuff, because he came at it... You would think because he's so big on the finance stuff that he would come out and be like, hey, this is great, it's fantastic, you should buy like nine of these because the value's only going to go up, blah, 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 blah. He was like, no, don't buy it. He's like, this is stupid, this is ridiculous, this is bad... For everybody involved, yes, it will make you money, but it's a horrible thing because it's going to kill magic in the long run. And I'm in this. I was going to say, did he? Did he? Was he telling people not to buy it just so there would be more for him to invest in? (laughs) People ask that question, but legit, I think he's that kind of. I think he would have been like, "Yeah, I bought a bunch of them," but he he's not. Um, I think he puts his money where his mouth is. Yeah. So I I would definitely say Alpha Investments and Bad Boy Gaming were two. I I used to watch MTG Nerd Girl. you know, I just kind of fell away for it was just kind of like she kind of leaned into being the nerd girl a little bit more than the MTG, but that's okay. I mean, here's my problem, guys. I've been playing a lot of uh, Marvel Snap, so I'm watching a lot of that these days. <laughs> I can't help. I you know. let's take it back. Benson's earned a title. <laughs> All right, what about you, Parkman? What do you got? Well, I've. I... And of course, Cantrip and, Cartel. By the way, I love of course, Cantrip, Cantrip Cartel. Cartel. Yes, yes. Yeah, whatever. Parkman, many, who do you like? <laughs> I was gonna br- shout out uh, two different podcasts that I listen to fairly faithfully. One is kind of a catch-all. They do everything. Uh, out, they're out of Australia. It's a group of guys called the Magic Beans. Interesting. They, they, Good name. 
they they really uh they they've got their pulse they they uh partner with a a uh, game store down in australia to do and they have uh events that they run uh through their uh discord also and uh but they have content for both casual and uh competitive players and the other one that i was gonna pimp is uh more aimed at the pioneer format it's 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 called the first pioneers it's kevin finkel and ryan and i apologize ryan i forgot (laughs) your last name but he's out of japan and they are they have guests very frequently uh discussing deck archetypes for the pioneer format and where it's going and where it should go and things of that nature. All right. Well, that's cool. Uh, any other discussion going on here with that, with that then? I got one more channel to pimp that I heard. Uh, I recently, very, very more of a newer channel for me, uh, the card market channel. I, uh, 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 they're a European channel, I believe. Really, really good. As well as uh, Spice 8 Rock, if no one's ever watched yeah. Spice 8 Rock. He's fucking yeah. great. <laughs> All right. Let's go on to question five. Because I, I, I'm very interested in this. We're going to start with you, Apollo. If you could make one rule change to Magic that you think would improve the game, what would it be? And you caught me in a bad spot. Rule change. Rule you can change. pass to Johnny um, if you want. Go, I will you'll pass be the last right one. now and I'll come back to you. All right, Johnny, you're up. All right. So when you say better, do you mean better by my standard or better by your standard? Better, better. Because Whatever that's you the key think point. is better. Probably objectively okay. better. All right. Um... I've always been a fan of. I've always been a fan of tax. Text. Tax. 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 Taxes. So oh, stacks. taxes. Yep. Okay, stacks. Oh, jeepers. what you're gonna bring back? You're gonna make cumulative upkeep on everything, right? <laughs> no, no. What just to like. Um. So what would the rule be? So, then? what would you be looking to do? Uh, um. Just, just like a, just like a side. Uh, like just a, a way to use ex- the extra resources that some of us end up generating sometimes okay. beyond, you know, just what we can play in our hand or out of our deck. Uh, have you ever played competitive magic? <laughs> <laughs> because I'll tell you what, man, in competitive magic, we we scrape every ounce out of our resources that we have access to. I think Legacy should still let Banner burn. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, says the guy who had to put up with what I was tapping for ten each land? Yeah, no shit. Uh, That's uh, what I mean. Uh, <laughs> All right, what about I you, concede. Kyle? Concede. Any words? Uh, <laughs> any rules you try to change? Maybe the commander tax. Would you make it more or less? I make it less. Oh, I'd I'd gone. get rid of it altogether. Interesting. No. Yeah, Oof. I want to see what kind of game that would be with it without it. Broken. Exactly. Broken. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, I I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. We could do in that. In the world of a casual format where the point is not to do the most broken thing, it can maybe work. It can mm-hmm. work. I could do that. Yeah, on I just want to see what kind of night. We could do that. Be like there's no commander game. tax, but yeah. holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could see that working in a format where we're just here to have fun. We're not trying to play <laughs> yeah. broken things. And that, that could be that could be fine for sure. Yeah, like house, like house rules, no commander tax. But Absolutely. like in the game, in the game in general, I honestly don't know. So I, I, I give it, I give the floor to everyone else. 
I got one. I would. I got one too. I I remembered what I wanted. Okay. Go ahead and go. I I would love. Oh wait, it's my turn. Weird. Hey. I used to. uh, (laughs) One of the games that I used to come from that I played for about a year and a half before I played Magic. It's called Force of Will. I'm not sure if ever anyone knows it. I really enjoyed drawing a card, then untapping. Yeah. Uh, so they, how how they start their turn is they 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 would instead of untap upkeep draw it would be draw untap. Uh, it would be upkeep. draw upkeep untap. Interesting. Can you interact in the same way in Magic? Can you like yes, stop same, during phase change? the same exact rules. Same Oof. exact rules. It's just you draw before you untap your mana. Mm. Why? Can I ask why? why? Uh, it feels I, I played that game for about a year and a half. It felt very efficient. So it just it just streams on streamlines a little bit of efficiency. Um, lets you play uh, an instant before you untap. If yeah, you it lets you play an instant mana. before you turn. So so it, until end of turn abilities became a little oh, bit wow. stronger. Yeah, yeah. Until I end was of so broken. Yeah. You could draw a card, cast it, and then untap. Yes. Ooh, that's strong. So, yeah. so until end of turn abilities, basically, uh, what that ended up being is, I think, a lot of field buffs happened during that game. Uh, you could do before before untap. Uh, I really enjoyed that rule. I don't think it was oppressive or broken. Like the the game was relatively balanced still, uh, and I I really just I just really like that rule. It just I, allows you access to one extra card before you untap. I could see that happening, but maybe not quite in the exact same order. I could see draw, untap, then upkeep. Right. Just because you have so much that you have to pay for during your upkeep step that mm-hmm. the, yes, yeah. getting the draw in, you're going to want to know it, it, it opens oh. up a world of possibility. Oh, it because... heavily influences what you're paying for or what you're not oh, paying so, for. So, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. I think I misspoke. So I do believe you, the uh, the upkeep phase, the equivalent to their upkeep phase was, was after their untap. You, okay, let me sorry, apologize okay. that. Yeah, apologize yeah. on that. Yeah, no worries. But like, then so the question becomes: so, draw how do you handle things like treasure? Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing: that would make smothering tithe. Like, you know, draw. I'm gonna play an instant. You know, it changes. It changes True. that aspect. It does. Cha- it does change smothering tide a little bit. It does change some draw base effects a little bit. Um, I'm not but sure. I mean, like, thought. I think we the the idea of budgeting your mana wouldn't change mm-hmm. um, too much, but like you would like things like those upkeep effects you'd be paying for, like smothering tide, would be costed quite a bit more severely because you have to pay it. You have to hold that mana the entire round. Mm-hmm. But then you get your entire mana on your turn. I think the budgeting um, yeah. and the the way to evaluate budgeting changes a mm-hmm. bit. But I think yeah. it's doable. Yeah, I don't I, like I, it. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to do it. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. It, it was a. I thought it was a fun deviation from the traditional Magic because I played that game before Magic, uh, knowing how to play Magic, and so the, the change to me a little bit. I had to legitimately like chant to myself like untap upkeep draw because I would always just draw before and that that was specifically relevant for that game versus coming right. to this game. Yep. All right, well for me, um I would say I would I kind of love the idea just for what it could do. Um add a six color. Purple or yeah. yellow or well they have yellow. Oh, yeah, purple Colorless. or yeah, just the idea of a new six color. Like, so in essence, we'd have seven with colorless. 
I'll tell you why they'll never do that. Uh, there are many reasons why they wouldn't, but go on. <laughs> Look at the back of a magic card. I know. I'm saying, yeah, there's many, yep. many reasons why they wouldn't do it. That but, and adding adding that mana color 30 years into a product, I don't think it would Why not? I mean, it, it, you wouldn't play purple in anything that you didn't have purple in. Say, I'm just using purple as an example. Right. But, you know, you wouldn't play purple mana unless you had purple cards. But I think what they'd have to do is almost make, like, I mean, an entire set mainly purple. Like, it would be purple mm-hmm. and other colors. Like, for them to be able to do it. I don't know that they could. It's just kind of an interesting... I think it would benefit mm-hmm. Magic to have a sixth mm-hmm. color or sixth way to do things. What about you, Parkman? Because we, I don't want to leave you guys out here. You're uh, muted. I'm oh, going to go, go back to uh, another game that I had in my store that was very successful for the short time that it, it existed in the World of Warcraft card game. And I'm going to pull in, and I understand, first of all, that this was is going to be so powerful that you're going to have to limit the amount of times you can do it in a game. Okay. Any card from your hand can be played face down, think of like a morph, as a colorless land. Ooh. Disagree. Okay. Can it be turned disagree up? Disagree as in you don't like it, or disagree in as in... Um, I... So, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not a cool idea. I'm not trying to knock your idea if you think it's cool. It sounds uh, like you're knocking it. I don't like giving <laughs> cards more utility. Uh, in Magic, one of the one of the core premises of Magic that I like is every single card in your deck has a cost to run it. Minimum. Oh, absolutely. And that cost is a slot in your deck. You must draw it. And, and so, like, but... pers- Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, I was gonna carry that over. I don't like MDFCs. Really? Um, I don't like MDFCs. I don't like cards with two sides. Uh, as cards become higher utility, more flexible, the cost to run any individual card is lower. And the only reason cards are powerful over other cards is when they are and when they are not good. So look at the look at that uh, green tetrahedron cards. Right, what I think of. Mm-hmm. It's a little 1-1 one, one creature, Mana Dork. Not a bad card. No lands, it's a land. There's very little cost to run that because it's it's applicable in any situation. The more yeah. you do that with cards, the lower cost it is to run the card. Cards should have costs. Okay. No, absolutely. And I way, the way that the World of Warcraft game balanced that out is you lost access to the other side of the card, much like you said with the MDFCs. You lost access to the other side of the card for the rest of the game. Yeah, and I get that you do go down a card, um, and that is a cost. That is a cost in, in, in a sense for sure. It's it's interesting. Yeah, it does kind of help the mana problems. There's nothing worse than getting mana screwed. It is part of magic. Yeah. We all think that, right? And, and ahead, like I say, I understand oh, that that be. is that would be a problem, especially in your artifact decks. That's why I think it w- you would probably have to limit it to at most two, maybe three times per game. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah, so you did you get, have something? So to every game, you, just, oh, you, you yeah. have three extra lands, kind of always. You always have free three land drops, sort of. In theory, yeah. Yeah. So in this particular case, uh, again, it's bringing another rule from a different card game, but it would this would apply specifically only to Commander because I don't see it involving uh, 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 itself into a into a format of of command uh, a format of Magic that doesn't include a Commander. A one v one sixty constructed, yeah. Uh, no, no. My my rule change would be, or thing I would like to try, uh, having the mana separate from the deck, not including MDFCs. So so the MDFCs mm. could stay in the deck, 
but the so so specifically it actually worked for for the this other game specifically because you cannot uh use your commander if you uh, so you use the commander as a utility to to summon a land so you would not be able to uh play your commander if you summoned a land mm. so specifically the uh, so their, their card they it was more towards a standard type was it uh four cards in each deck it was a 60 40 card deck with a 20 card land deck minimum uh for their particular card game I liked it because well, all you had to do was specifically worry about you know the co- your color choice of lands and whatnot, um, and I that's just a kind of a rule that I liked. Like you can either use your commander or you can have a land. You cannot do both, and that kind of separate that kind of helps uh, decks all the way around. It helps control decks. It helps combo decks. It helps um, aggro decks. It was you get a land when you need it, or you get you know your main card when you need it. I think right. it helps. Um, I think it disproportionately helps probably control decks oh, because yeah. the worst thing that can happen in a control deck is not having action in the early game to answer threats mm-hmm. and being and it, able to remove that possibility of if I can run a control deck and I get to where once I get two or three lands from my removal, I can just rip removal for a while mm-hmm. until yep. you don't have any more threats and now I can build my mana base up. Or uh, in this me, particular like, scenario, oh. we are reducing the hand size as well to compensate for the extra cards. Because I would so say that, that's eminence, how it bounced it out as well. Eminence would be a problem because I be here's the thing: when I play when I play Edgar Markov, do I mm-hmm. cast him? No, <laughs> I get you. Yeah, but in fairness, let's eminence is what four cards. Yeah, but it's a beautiful four or five. I, I mean, eminence mm-hmm. is busted. Well, what what, yeah. what do you think, Jake? I want to I want to kind of keep us moving so, here. Mine isn't as interesting. Mine's a lot more fundamental, but I would say as a, as to, to cue the thought in your mind, what is the biggest disparity in magic in every single game, whether it be commander or one V one constructed, I will answer in my opinion, Curve. it is draw go or it is draw versus play play draw. Right. So to help mitigate that, I would add the rule. Uh, I think I would start with when you, draw, when you play, you get to go first. When you're on the draw, you get to scry one. Mm-mm. In two person, because you, you were mean. at, or do you mean in huh? four person as well? Sure. Okay. Because in four person, we at, all get to draw. <clears throat> you were at an incredible disadvantage when you are on the draw in every game match you play. I think the command zone came out with this is years old by now, but their data showed that if you go first, you were like twenty eight or twenty nine percent, thirty percent to win. Which keep in mind meant that you were like you were thirty percent versus like. 15, 15, and 15, right. would it be like 18? You were you gained on like like a, like a 10% chance to win over everyone else at the table by going first. Uh, right. That disparity is very common in competitive magic. There's, Especially there's literally with, one deck that doesn't want to go first. I mean, there was an episode, what, I think three times ago where draw, you know, my first step, it was draw, soul ring, mana crypt, mana vault, turn. I was yeah. like, oh. Even just... So, so um, thinking about, and this is one of those things I do as a competitive player, which you guys don't do because you don't waste your time. Um, when you're, when you're, when you go first, you get access to infinitely more mana than everybody else mm-hmm. because you get six mana first, six, and that's huge. And you get seven mana first. We all get right. access. Let's say we all hit our land drops. We all get seven mana turns. You got yours first. Right. Seven mana turns end games. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you must spend seven mana first. It, yeah, it's not just even the six and seven. It's you get two mana first. You get three mana first. Right. Yeah, it's. I think it's, it's the whole snowballs way up the for chain. sure. But it's absolutely true. Yeah, you get to spend infinitely. I mean, you literally get to have access to almost twice as much mana as everyone else every turn when you end your turn. Because in the last turn you went, let's say one, two, three. So that's uh, six mana you've had access to this game. Well, I also had six plus these four. Yeah. Now I have access to 10 mana this game when I end my turn. And that just compounds as it gets bigger, yeah, more and more. Absolutely. Well, ramp decks especially. I mean, that's kind of the upside I, of it. For sure. Yeah. But For sure. I don't and disagree. So some way to help mitigate that disparity. And I think to start with, giving you a scry one to help smooth your draws a little bit for not getting to go first and not getting access to as much mana as everybody, as the person in first. Oh, so turn one doesn't scry. They draw. But turns two yes. through four get to scry. Ah. Yes. If you and don't the, go first, you get a scry. Okay. And that was a mulligan rule for a while. It was. Yes. It if was you mulligan, before the you London. It was a Vancouver mulligan. Mm. Right. Yeah. Which that's I mean, and change. that's the thing, mulliganing. That's something that nobody really talks about. In that, and that might be a future episode is mulliganing because I think that that is a key component to winning a game. Is you know, oh, yeah. I, I say it all the time. I get yelled at, you know, when you're watching Commander Craft because it's like, ah, we'll get a soul ring. Ah, we'll get this. Will will mulligan turn one. I will mulligan two or three lands to see if maybe I pull a soul ring on this second. Yep. Because <laughs> so we have mulligan. mulligan. Yeah. So mulliganing is probably the single most powerful thing you'll do in a game of Magic. Yep. And I'm terrible at it. <laughs> yep. A lot of people are. It's hard to do well. All right. So let's uh, let's finally pivot. Unless somebody else has something. Uh, yeah, I had one question. It was uh, kind of uh, on yours uh, for the competitive. You're, you were saying your answer to the, the play go was the scry one. Um, what about, what, what would your opinion be on like a, a Hearthstone coin that everyone has? Uh, so, so like, yeah, a, you know, a, one, a free, one mana. free mana. Yeah. A one free, like, like say everyone started, everyone who wasn't first started yep. a game with a gold token. Game or just a mana in older formats and competitive man and competitive. So uh, okay. in Pioneer, probably whatever. In Standard, probably whatever. Probably totally mitigated uh, mm -hmm. by relative slowness. In Modern, almost for sure game breaking. In Legacy, mm -hmm. absolutely game breaking. No, okay. no question. No question. I mean, you could even say basically like a conspiracy. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. What do you mean, like a conspiracy? In well, conspiracy. I don't know if you remember there was when the Monarch was introduced. There was also conspiracies. Yeah, which were like cards outside of the deck that you would try to like get off against your opponents. Yeah, I remember those. I um, I didn't do, I didn't really draft anything, but I, I found those. Where it's like if you draft this secretly, choose a color, and then you yeah. get a benefit if something happens in game because you drafted yeah. it. Something conspiracy was fun. It was a fun draft. It was um, a fun format. So I will tell you that in the realm of adding additional cards to your to. It, Gaining access to additional cards outside of your deck or hand, I think, is a, is either impossible to balance or just knock knock. Competitive. I think it's impossible to balance. The yeah. cards are especially in competitive formats, and this is some different opinions than you guys because you view ca casual magic is very different. Um, but the uh, the resources of the number of cards you have access to on any given turn or as the game goes by is without a doubt probably the most important thing in a game of competitive magic. Case in point, uh, Companions absolutely destroyed competitive magic for a long time. Any of the remotely playable ones destroyed it, especially as it was designed, because you just had an eighth card. Yeah. And it was so in un 
gosh darn broken. Yep. And so at the the conspiracy style of making it a little more broad and being able to add additional resources to you that you own outside the deck, but you have access to, I think follows that train. Okay. So in the rule question, do you think, because they've done it in arena, five card wishboard and commander, because you can't do wishboard cards. It opens up a whole other realm of play and commander. If you could have a five card wishboard thoughts. Doesn't bother me. Uh, Doesn't bother me either. No. Like, and that's something if I've sat down and someone was like, hey, I kind of want a home rule, you can have wishboards a reasonable number. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. I don't care. I think five to seven play is wish a reasonable cards. number. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, let's go to our final question here. Question number six. I and mean, yes, we're over. Too bad, guys. You're going to listen to this a couple days on your way to work. <laughs> what, what magic or product or event are you most looking forward to in 2023? So we are going to start with, I think we left, uh, Johnny. It's Johnny. That's question six. So we've gone around the horn. Uh, honestly, I don't really know. I try to okay. keep spoilers to a minimum. I just try to view the products as they come from the, from the, I try to look at the products from outside of a player's perspective, like just see what they are. As you know, just your regular consumer that's out and about on this Absolutely. day. Because honestly, what's going to draw me to it is ultimately what I feel from what I see. Okay. How about you there, Kyle? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Johnny. No, it's fine. I was just going to say, like, Kaldheim looked okay. The packaging was okay. Right. It wasn't, like, out of of their mind insane. But at the same time, I was like, okay. Ikoria, Milkapenna... Neon Dynasty, that all those had a way of like still drawing the attention. Like, right. huh, I wonder what the gimmick is in this particular one. Or are they bringing something back? Okay. Uh, this, might, this might be a very sensitive topic uh, because it is a universe beyond product, but the Lord of the Rings commander decks or set, uh, I'm really looking forward to. It's modern, to. not so much commander. <laughs> <laughs> that's modern? the problem I, I have with it. With com- I thought they were coming out with commander they, decks. They're, go- they're going to have commander decks, but it's going to be a full set that is going to be modern legal. But and they stated we that- have a bot. Go on. <laughs> but they stated that uh, it was not designed as a Modern Horizons 3. The power level is not there. The only reason they say that they made it modern legal was to get more people to buy it. Okay. And that's, so- and that's my whole thing is... Uh, when I told my friends about that, oh, Magic is doing Lord of the Rings uh, tie-in, they're like, oh, I would, I would play that because it is Lord of the Rings, and so that's what I'm really looking forward to this year is the so Lord of the Rings. What you're saying is, Watsy fully admitted that that product's not for everybody, but it's gonna be for you because we made it, you, you we made it yep. legal, so you have, yeah. Yep. It's not. Yep. Hey, it's not for you, except you have to. Yeah. Thanks. Will I play? Thanks, will right. I play modern? I don't know. I might dabble in it because well, I've yeah. never done it. Here's before, the thing. But... Realize, guys, the Lord of the Rings set is Modern Horizons three. I mean, it is. It, it's, it's in the slot. Yeah, it's in the slot. It's Modern Horizons three, and they're using Lord of the Rings cards. Okay, fine. For me, the thing I'm most looking forward to this year. I'm not going to lie. I love the idea of a Doctor Who 
commander set. Mm. Like the four the four commander decks, the big commander release, it's gonna be based around Doctor Who. Yeah, I get really University Beyond get the sucks. Doctor, then. Huh? I gotta figure Well, you know they're gonna and have I really hope we get the war doctor. Yeah, you know they're gonna have the scarf. You know they're gonna for an equipment. You know like there'll be a, a screwdriver that my light fell, I gotta fix it. But the uh master yeah. is one of the commanders. Oh yeah, it, it's probably I don't know probably if, don't going... know if it's been in I haven't seen if, if they've released any of them. They haven't talked about yet. it, but the TARDIS will be a vehicle. I'm I'm looking forward to that. What about you, Parkman? Well, I was as a product, I was looking for I'm looking forward to Lord of the Rings also. I just I hope that they have enough I'm I'm trying to decide whether I really want them to actually have Soul Ring be the one ring or if I think that's <laughs> too easy and should not be done. I that they need to develop something new. I mean, but there's a whole bunch an- of rings in Lord of the Rings so they could be any any one of those right. rings. I think the one ring will be will be its own card. Well, I think I think it's at, but it'll too. be like a super soul ring. It'll tap for three. <laughs> but for an event, I, and I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm I've got it circled on my calendar, uh, May fifth through seventh, Ma- MagicCon Minneapolis. I because I that's in my <laughs> neck of the woods. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm hopeful that the that MagicCon Philadelphia, which is I'm looking here, comes up in middle of february i hope that they solve some of the a lot of the problems that they had in vegas i think that uh getting a larger event space is gonna help them uh i'm cautiously optimistic i'm looking forward to it until such time as i'm not looking forward to it all right what about you there jake um so this has a competitive tint again. Of course, it does. Uh, I'm Here's actually very the one, one thing I'm most excited for is revisiting Phyrexia because in both modern and legacy, the deck design of Infect has taken a pretty big downhill turn in recent years. The decks are pretty unplayable, and I think Infect is a great aggressive strategy. So I'm, I'm really excited that we're 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 getting a chance at new Infect cards because they need new better Infect cards. I tried to put together a pioneer one infect deck recently, and it's just not not there yet. The cards yeah, are not there, yeah. and it's I mean that's how it is in modern and legacy too. They used to be legit powerhouses, and I mean in fairness, in their own right, they're still incredibly powerful. But they just don't they don't hold a candle to those formats. They need they need a juice, and going back to Phyrexia gives us a chance to get some good infect cards for those decks. I'm excited about that. Yeah, me too. All right, what about you, Apollo? Uh, Me specifically, nothing. I would say nothing, no specific product. I have not really been engaging in booster pack style products in a while. So I'm just generally excited for the commander style products. So I I know every single card that are in them before I buy them. Um, And I know I'm guaranteed all the cards inside them. I just generally like those. I like. I really enjoyed the Warhammer ones. I really enjoyed the the Mishra one. I got the Mishra one, um, and whatnot. That's just my flavor of product. Okay. How about you, there, Johnny? Oh wait, you started, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, any other discussion on that? Anything else we want to kind of talk about before we we move to end step here? 
I'll make a comment that Apollo is absolutely correct in buying product where he knows what the cards are. Right. Uh, you didn't I quite say buy singles because you're still buying a, a box, but you're buying a box with known cards. Like yeah. buy singles. Anyone listening, either either buy a commander deck where you know what you're getting or buy mm-hmm. singles. Don't buy packs. They're fun. I'm 100% getting singles. <laughs> scratch offs. Scratch offs are addicting. I get it. Buy singles. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. So on that note, um, First of all, let me just say real quick before we before we head out of here, guys. Thank you. Like this was this is a lot of fun. So, hey, you're welcome. Um, those of you listening, this is pretty much going to be our pool of of second seaters for a while. I mean, there'll be people hopping in and out, of course. Um, but you know, we're gonna have people kind of sitting second chair as often as we can. So I'm really appreciative to each of you for kind of sitting in tonight. Uh, anybody have anything they want to pimp? We'll start with uh, Kyle. Any any sure. streams or anything? Sure. Uh, my main podcast is Atomic Geekdom. Uh, you can find it on all the major podcasting platforms. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Atomic Geekdom. YouTube, uh, we do live podcast shows on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Atomic Geekdom. Uh, you can also follow me uh, on Twitter and Instagram at KyleKrause89. And I do some Twitch, twitch.tv slash KKrause89. Okay. Parkman, how about you? Got anything you want to pimp? Nah, I think I'm pretty good at this time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How about Not- you? Uh Jake, do you have anything that you do? Uh I, I do I do some. I do some. I have is it so if you want to check out <laughs> what? Is it competitive? Is that- yeah. <laughs> I, yes, it's it's a pretty competitive slanted for uh podcast where we look at every week we analyze the competitive meta for modern uh, legacy and then anything else we think is interesting so cantrip cartels the podcast uh it's anchor.fm forward slash cantrip cartels our main website but we're cantrip cartel everywhere if you want to email us cantrip cartel at gmail.com um, it's a lot of fun every week me and matt talk about what's going on in competitive world of magic at least for the older formats and uh i'd love to have you guys come check us out you know we're not for everybody but the people that like us like us a lot Yes, I'm I'm somebody who likes you. Thank you. I All appreciate right. that. Even though you didn't recommend my podcast. I did recommend your podcast after I Oh, that's it. right. You forgot to and then caught, cut off Apollo so you could say so. Yeah. Well, Apollo cut me off like eight or nine times, so it's all good. Apollo, what about you? You got anything you're pimping? Uh, I don't have anything I'm pimping. I don't pimp enough. Uh, <laughs> what about you, Johnny? Man, you know I'm a shameless shill. For those of you who are in, who are into, you know, cards why not check out these goofballs at their respective Twitch <laughs> channels or you can catch them on spotify podbean whatever else uh i want to personally shout out a friend of mine by the name of garlisle wilds bit of a speedrunner and a mega man enthusiast check out his podcast what am i podcasting for it's all a right. mega man podcast where he is trying to play through all of the mega man games in chronological <laughs> order and, uh, cool. you know, he's a stronger man than I. Because, uh, <laughs> uh, boy. All right. Um, and if you enjoy my shenanigans, you can catch me on twitch.tv forward slash Sage Storyteller every other Saturday playing a D&D stream for my friend Sage Storyteller. Very cool. And, of course, I have DR Casual MTG, so it's Benson MTG on Twitch, but that'll get changed uh, once I get out of the 50-day can't-change-my-name-on-Twitch thing. But everywhere else, it's <laughs> DR Casual MTG. Uh, so YouTube, Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
but I guess, uh, uh, and don't forget, Thursday night we're going to have Commander, or, yeah, Commander Craft. Johnny is playing his Chilean deck. We're going to try to figure out decks to beat it. Apollo, you're more than welcome, Jake. I know you pretend to do something on Thursday, but you're more than welcome to play any week. I and, might. Uh, I, I might, depending. I still need some extra cards for my Infinite Mirum deck, but I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Well, that's great. Infinite Mirum and Chilean. This will be the funnest episode never. <laughs> yeah, All right. Play, I mean, Chilean's pretty good. I can play Tatiova, right? <laughs> you can play Tatiova. I'm tempted I mean, to play, I play Brea. Turn, play my deck. Why not? The way he went off last week, I'm tempted to play Brea at this point. I mean, I'm not. Dude. Dude. I'm currently the show. When we played CEDH for the for the fundraise show a little yeah. while ago, and you just out of freaking nowhere. That's how that tech works, man. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. All right. So let's do this. On that note, we want to thank you guys very much for listening to us tonight. We will be back next Tuesday with episode five of the DR Casual MTG podcast. Uh, special thank you again to Kyle, to Parkman, to Jake, to Apollo, and to Johnny for hanging out with us tonight. Check out our Twitch, uh, BensonMTG. Check out our Discord, discord.drcasualmtg.com. And again, come back on Thursday for CommanderCraft. But for everybody else at this table, this is Will Benson saying thank you very much for listening. Thanks for being a part of the show. And as always, remember to keep some of your man untapped because you never know when you'll need it. Take care. Have a good week. And take, uh, I said take care, but I'm doing it again. Bye-bye. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha.